It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks radio network. Here's Joe Brand. Whether it's bad habits or good habits, Chicago Blackhawks continue to bring their style of play from the road, now here to home. Another rough loss, but very similar to a few of the games that we saw on the most recent road trip. And the Blackhawks putting up a valiant 60 minutes of effort, but especially coming in the third period. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks post-game show. We're taking you up to 8.30 tonight here on 720 WGN. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. But first, we're going to head on up to the radio booth and bring in Troy Murray, who's been on the call with John Weideman tonight. And Troy, this was another game where you can't be discouraged by the Hawks' effort. I mean, they never really let up. They never really uh, showed signs of concerning effort or attitude or uh, any type of kind of motivation they brought to this game. And I think the biggest part of that is the third period was probably the best period played by this team in back-to-back games. Now, I'm wondering how much of that has to deal with the long grind of the road trip and everything, but to, to put up some of your best hockey in the final 20 minutes I think is a good sign to see. It is good. It's frustrating for them, and I know it's frustrating for them that they're not getting results within while putting in the effort. And that's, uh, you know, that's the good and the bad. The good is, is they are putting the effort in there, and you know, the bad is they're not getting the results. But you got to figure that, um, you know, when you're Luke Richardson, you're building on the positives, and that's the effort that's been there. And they're not quitting. They're not going away. A couple games got away from them on the road. Avs are a good team. Washington able to get off to a good start in that one. Uh, but as you said, for the majority of them, these have been third period losses where they've been right into the game, whether it's one goal and you you know you have that opportunity to make one shot make the difference and they just haven't been able to find a way to push it past regulation and that's frustrating for them. But the good thing is, is uh, you know, I, I, again, the people here at the United Center, I guarantee you, they can sit here and they can watch and they say the effort was right there until the end and that's what you can ask for at this point from the guys. I know the final score of this one is 4-2, to two, but again, it kind of seemed a lot like yesterday's game in Minnesota where defense was prevailing. Are, are you sensing an improvement of the Hawks' defensive game over the last couple of contests? Well, the Hawks had to block 19 shots, so they, you know that's, that's too many. And if you look at the shot attempts in this game, 61 to... You know, Hawks able to come back a little bit, but you know they're 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 probably spending a little bit too much time in their own end of the ice. But defensively, they've been when you're blocking a lot of shots. There's a couple things that come to mind. You're in, in right. You're in the right defensive position uh, into the shooting lanes. Your defense are paying the price. They're out front fronting the shots. Um, not letting them get through to your goaltender, but you're giving up too many opportunities and you're spending too much time in your own end of the ice. Just like the game, though, as you said. Very similar to last night. Everything basically in the game last night against the Minnesota Wild, the shots, the hits, all that kind of stuff, very even in this one. 31 shots apiece, hits 21 for Vancouver, hits 24 for Chicago. Faceoffs, 50% bang on. Um, so this is an even game. And so you look at it, yeah, it's a loss, but it's a very even game. And, you know, it, it, the Hawks are just in some ways maybe missing those players that are the game breakers that may, who can make the difference and that's just the way it is right now it's the nature of the beast you 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 know you've made a, a organizational decision um you know to put yourself in this position 
and you've, you've surrounded your team with a lot of quality individuals that are going to work hard, as we talked about, but you just don't have that game-breaking group of guys that uh, you know you need in these situations whether it's Pedersen on the opposition whether it's JT Miller I thought was really good for Vancouver um, you know the Hawks just don't have those guys right now in their lineup and I think that's where you, you really kind of look at the meat and potatoes of why they haven't been able to get some results here with great efforts one of the guys trying to be one of those game changers and you got to feel for him is Tyler Johnson five shots <laughs> on goal today he's just I don't even know, worse than snake bitten. He, he can't catch any kind of break right now. Yeah, it's 14 games without a goal, but that's not without chances. And, and he had five shots on goal. I know four of them were great opportunities, and uh, he didn't even get a shot on the one where they, they drew the penalty there. <laughs> right. And that was a wide-open net, but the, the defenseman, uh, Rathbone, just hooked him back, and, and he couldn't reach the puck. He's playing some good hockey, you know, and, and, and the, when you look at this roster right now, Johnson is 32. He's probably the most experienced guy, obviously, that, that the Hawks have on the, on the roster. And uh, other than the goaltender, he's the, the oldest guy on the roster. And he, he's bringing that leadership and he's working hard. And, you know, he's showing these guys that, hey, we're not going to quit. And he's not in the best situation. You know, I mean, he, he's a, an aging player and, and uh, hopefully there's a lot more years for him. But, you know, he'd like to be in maybe a different situation where a team is pushing for the playoffs. But he's shown great leadership. He's so, showing, you know, these guys that, uh, hey, listen, we're going to compete. And he's done it, doing it by example. And he's just not getting rewarded for the opportunities, especially tonight. Yeah, you're right. He's also been donning the A lately. He's kind of one of the more vocal guys in the dressing room after games, too, just standing up and, and being one of those vocal leaders. Um, on the other side of that, one of the young stars in Lucas Reichel. I know we're trying to dissect his entire game, but I feel like he really showed some uh, exciting offensive flashes, especially in the third period tonight. He's got some great hands, and he's just going to get better and better with confidence. We talked about uh, you know what he needs to do better and, and what he needs to work on, and he's got to get a little bit more size. He's got to get a little bit stronger, a little bit more awareness of what goes on on the ice, standing flat-footed, looking down at the puck, and it gets just steamrolled by Dakota Joshua. Um, it, but so many good things on the flip side with his skill and ability to make plays, and that's something everybody knows that he has. You've seen it in Rockford. You've seen it here in flashes. You want to see that consistency, but that is something that is, is going to continue to progress in the right direction if he starts doing all the little things right, which he has been. And if you, if you talk to Luke Richardson, he's probably saying, listen, I, I've thrown a lot on this guy's plate, especially down the stretch here. Um, after the trade deadline, we've put him in key situations. We've put him in, um, you know, matchups that probably aren't the best for him. But if he's going to be one of the best players, you're going to have to play against the best players. And that's the number one defensive units. That's the number one shutdown or head to head against the opposition uh, best players. And I think he's doing an excellent job. He's young, but he's learning. And when you see the flashes that you know that are there offensively and he starts to get rewarded for it, he'll build confidence in that area as well. Well, Troy, tomorrow is an off day at home. Are you even setting an alarm for tomorrow morning? I'm not planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. You deserve it. Well, it's been a long stretch here, and, um, you know, listen, we're just the broadcasters, and it's been a long stretch for us, and the players are the guys that go out there and play all the time, and, you know, these uh, time changes and late nights, late starts, it's, it hasn't been easy, and 
you know, the players will certainly use that day off tomorrow to their advantage to get things straightened out and just rest up for the game on Tuesday. Hey, give us some credit. Sometimes we, we drop our pens. Uh, sometimes the Wi-Fi's on the fritz. I mean, we deal with adversity up here. Uh, on, yes. Yes. I, I apologize to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Troy. Well, thank you as always. Great stuff as always. Enjoy the off day, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. All right. Thanks, Joe. That is Troy Murray eating John Wideman on the call tonight. It's the Hawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks 4-2. to two. Again, this is the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. You can join us if you'd like. Give us a call. Give us a text. 312-981-7200. We're taking you up to 830 tonight. Uh, looks like Connor Murphy has already chatted with the media, so we'll hear from him a little bit later. We'll hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson. Uh, I'm sure Murphy won't be the only guy to talk after this one. And... Listen, this is the fifth straight loss for this Hawks team, but I do think these last two losses are much, much different than the previous three. Um, You've got two games in a row now where the Hawks have kept it tight, have continued to bring a hard-nosed effort, a competitive effort for mainly 60 minutes. And the other thing is the third period has been pivotal for the Hawks, and it has not gone their way in the last two games but they have shown their strongest effort in those final 20 minutes. And I I can understand if, when I posed the question to Troy, if people were disagreeing with me saying that, okay, your best effort comes in the third period. I understand, you know, you basically want your best effort to, to come all 60 minutes. And I understand how important it is to get off to a good start. But the Hawks got off to a good start today. And I think the difference is, When you look at this team, first year in a rebuild, with all the adversity they've gone through this year, with all the struggles they've gone through this year, and with all the up and downness, it's difficult to stay motivated, especially for those final 20 minutes after the grinding road trip they just had. Now they're back home with very short turnaround, and they're putting that up just to hopefully squeeze out at least a point, maybe two against a Vancouver Canucks team that's in a totally different situation right now in their organization. Again, it may be the first year of a rebuild for this organization, but that doesn't mean the players or the coaches are planning on the rebuild. They're planning on winning. They're planning on giving it their all for that certain game to show what they're worth and show what their value is. And I think this Blackhawks team probably played its best game since their win against Nashville that started the road trip and that's a lot to ask for, for the grind that they just had, all the traveling, coming back home on a quick back-to-back. And again, if they were to take a period off in this game, it would be understood. It wouldn't be an excuse. It wouldn't be favorable, but it would be understood considering what they've gone through. That wasn't the case tonight. And again, that third period effort just constantly goes to show you what Luke Richardson is capable of in terms of motivating his players and what the players are capable of. Um, Troy and I talked about Tyler Johnson, eager to get back on the score sheet. As Troy said, a 14-game gold drought. Uh, Checking out highlights from his game right now on the television broadcast. I mean, he gave it his all in this one and was relentless to just find the back of the net. He probably should have had a goal as he was tripped. Uh, earlier in that uh, second period that uh, gave him a a basically wide-open opportunity to get on the board. Um, He's in the right spots. He's putting himself in the right positioning to to pick up a goal. It it just didn't come tonight. And I think 
Lucas Reichel continuing to show his flashes of offensive greatness is an encouraging sign to see that is still going to come more and more as this season goes along. You're still going to see more of that um, maybe taking smaller steps than just big giant leaps like we would hope to and love to see because, again, he's the Hawks' top prospect. You'd like to see him just kind of annihilating the competition. But remember, the Hawks want him to do that at the AHL level first uh, before coming up here to the NHL level. I know he's been here for quite some time now. He's gaining a lot of consistent minutes. Um, But there probably is still a plan to bring Lucas Reichel back down to the AHL at some point because, remember, they did that in terms of paper transactions around the trade deadline so that he could be eligible for the AHL postseason which uh, the Blackhawks are holding a lot of value to because that's going to be a lot of competitive, close games for these prospects and these young players to play in, gain that experience, gain that confidence, and uh, really play for something in those games, which they might not get here at the NHL level. This homestand continues. They welcome in the Dallas Stars on Tuesday, the St. Louis Blues on Thursday, the New Jersey Devils on Saturday. So it's it's not going to get any easier for the Hawks on this homestand as uh, the season continues to just wind down. But these are opportunities for the Hawks to continue this type of mentality. Uh, again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Going to read a text or two before we get to a break. Uh, From the 708 area code, the wins and losses don't really matter to me. What matters is seeing the team build a culture under Richardson. The way this team stays competitive from start to the end under Richardson makes the season a win. We had a much better team on paper last year, yet this year's squad appears to have a lot more heart and drive compared to the last few years. Can't wait to see how the team performs when we are ready to ice a team to compete in a few seasons. Couldn't agree with you more, 708. And again... Nothing is guaranteed. Just because the Hawks are showing this effort right now doesn't mean that's going to be the case moving forward. But what else do you have to base your opinion on? Uh, again, this is what Luke Richardson is, and his coaching staff are able to do right now with this team. So it's, uh, it's been encouraging to, to see this type of effort come from this squad and this coaching staff, which, again, it just it's kind of like Groundhog Day, right? And I'm sure that's the case on a lot of these post-game, show, me, uh, post-game shows, me just reiterating a lot of the same things. But I think it's important, too, when they are quality points in terms of the positivity you can look forward to with this team moving forward. It's, it's really hard to dissect this roster and pull apart who could be on the next successful Blackhawks team uh, just because the way it is constructed. Uh, Seth Jones is talking to the media right now. We're going to hear from him in a little bit later. He's clearly a guy that's on the books for quite some time, uh, but also being looked at as one of the next possible future leaders of this team, and he deserves that for the type of um, expertise he brings in each and every day kind of brings that even keelness too that the coaching staff is so good at, especially Luke Richardson. Um, so listen, th- these these losses continue to be grueling. These losses continue to be tough and and pull positives from. But again, today and last night are different losses than the previous three games, and. I think Troy brought up a good point. It's it's the difference makers that the Hawks are missing right now that 
is what is swinging these games the other way towards the other team. And let's be honest, that is by design. So right now, that is working towards what the Blackhawks are working for. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We do have another text, but uh, I want to get to the phone lines. David is in Northbrook. Uh, David, go ahead. Joe Brand, my daughter Lindsay's in the back. She asked me not to call, so I obviously had to call. Um, I'm leaving the game. As you know, I'll take nine of these losses for the rest of the year because they play hard. The guy's a great coach. He just does not, as you said, he does not have the horses to compete in this league right now, but the guy is coaching his rear end off, and it's exciting hockey. It's all that the, that's what it's all about, buddy. An exciting game tonight, right, even though it lost an exciting game? Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm leaving the stadium now. You know, it was great the first two periods until the wheels fell off, and they just don't have the talent to compete, but they play hard every single night, and that's all you can ask for this team. And, and, and Luke Richardson is an amazing coach. And if you give him talent to coach and high-quality, high-caliber uh, players, he's going to do a lot with it. It's better than the other two coaches we had, and I'm excited. David, really appreciate your call, but uh, listen to your daughter more often, okay? <laughs> you got it, Joe. Right, that is David from Northbrook tuning in on his way home from the game. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Give us a call. Give us a text. Uh, we got to get to a break. We're going to hear from Connor Murphy. We're going to hear from Seth Jones. We'll hear from Luke Richardson as well as the Hawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks tonight, 4-2. This is the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Thanks for tuning in to the Blackhawks postgame show. When you come around to the radio... You're on 720 WGN. I'm Joe Brand. We're taking you up to 8.30 tonight, recapping a 4-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Hawks do lose their fifth consecutive game. With the loss, they drop to 24-43 and 6 on the season. Vancouver gets back to a hockey 500. They're 34-34 and 5 on the year. And Vancouver now 2-0 against the Hawks. First meeting back in January in Vancouver went to the Canucks. These two teams will match up one more time. Uh, that'll be April 6th. That'll be, wow, next weekend al- or next week already um, to wrap up the season series. The Hawks now with only five home games left. I should say, uh, yeah, five home games left and four road games left. So the season continues to wind down. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Uh, from the 708 area code, every loss is a win in the Bedard sweepstakes. And, okay, Obviously, that's that's part of this, right? The generational talent available for the first overall draft pick. If we take a look at the rebuild standings and we flip the NHL standings upside down, uh, nothing really changes because that's how it works. When, when the Hawks don't win, they don't gain any points. So they're still currently uh, third to last with 54 points. The Columbus Blue Jackets and San Jose Sharks each have 53 points, so they're one point behind the Hawks. However, the Sharks have the lowest winning percentage in the NHL. They've got a different makeup of their record as opposed to Columbus. Anaheim, though, right behind the Hawks, or right ahead of the Hawks with 56 points. So they're two points ahead. Uh, Anaheim not playing today. Neither is Columbus. Neither is San Jose. So uh, at least for the next day, it will remain that way. But again, uh, you don't guarantee any draft pick by the end of the NHL regular season. It comes down to the ping-pong balls. It comes down to the lottery. Clearly, you get the best odds if you do go to the bottom at the end of the season, Um, but there is still a fighting chance for 
uh, just about anyone in the bottom 10 for Connor Bedard. Uh, from the 321 area code, it's kind of interesting, not 312, 321. Hi, Joe, can you talk more about the Ice Hogs playoff chances? Had enough of hearing the big dance in basketball. Uh, well, the AHL is. Very inclusive in terms of who makes the postseason. I did have to look it up, but I remember it being this way last year, too. Just of so many teams making the playoffs. Remember, Rockford did before they fell to the Chicago Wolves, and the Wolves ended up going on to win the Calder Cup that year. Um, right now, the Ice Hogs are in fifth place in the Central Division. They've got 69 points. They're three behind the Iowa Wild, eight behind the Manitoba Moose, but... Um, the top five teams at the Central Division will make it to the postseason. So if the AHL season ended today, the Rockford Ice Hogs would be in the playoffs. They're a pretty comfortable eight points ahead of the Chicago Wolves. So that does give you some confidence in terms of the Ice Hogs heading to the postseason. Odds are they'll make it. Uh, nothing is guaranteed, but as long as they just continue to tread water, they've got a lot of talented players down there. Who knows? We might see some of the guys that have been up here with the Hawks towards this final stage of the regular season might go back down to Rockford just to kind of guarantee that the quality of play down there continues to stay up so that they can go for a long playoff run. And again, the Hawks front office is making sure that they can uh, incorporate some of those players in that quality of play that the Rockford Ice Hogs present that you might not get here at the NHL level uh, so that they can gain that kind of experience. Um, Wanted to take a quick look at the Frozen Four. They're going to overtime with Michigan and Penn State, the number three Wolverines tied with Penn State right now, um, trying to advance to the next round. Quinnipiac already did that with a 4-1 victory over Jake Wise and the Ohio State Buckeyes. But uh, yeah, Frank Nazar, one of the other top prospects for the Blackhawks in their organization of the Michigan Wolverines this year. And they are heading to overtime in the Frozen Four NCAA Men's Ice Hockey Tournament. Uh, tonight, a 4-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks, but as we dissect it, again, not another loss to be totally discouraged by from this Hawks team. I kind of want to go back to something that Troy Murray had mentioned in the postgame show about missing some difference makers of players that's kind of preventing the Hawks from getting these swing games, if you will. Maybe even today, maybe even yesterday against Minnesota. If they've got a guy like Patrick Kane and Max Domi and Jonathan Taves return, stuff like that, maybe they come away with the wins here. But again, that's by design because of the roster construction for this year. This is what the Blackhawks, the growing pains they have to go through in terms of a rebuild. Because again, nothing about this game tells me they had no business winning it. Uh, Nothing about this game says this was all the Vancouver Canucks for 60 minutes. In fact, the opposite, I would think. Um, I, I really thought the Hawks had a good fighting shot when they made it within one goal towards the end of the third period. That ended up uh, being pretty big, especially with the empty net. Again, just showing this team's effort of not giving up on anything. Heck, their first goal of the night was a shorthanded goal. Connor Murphy very amped up about making that happen. Uh, I go back to Jason Dickinson's play to set up Connor Murphy's goal. The Hawks are trying to kill a penalty there, but Dickinson is doing the right thing by eating up more time and generating an opportunity in the Blackhawks zone or rather in the Canucks zone. Luke Richardson, Shadow with the media. Let's hear from the Hawks head coach. How is, uh, how's Um uh, 
it's kind of a reoccurring injury that he's had earlier in the season with his uh, hip. So um, we'll know, I think, more by Tuesday probably. Uh, just if it settles down, it might be, and it could be a little bit more muscular. And if not, it's uh, something that uh, it might be a couple, a game or two, or it might be a little bit longer if it is a little more of a muscular thing that's around trying to protect it. So I just talked to the doctor there now and just said, uh, we'll see how where he is on Tuesday. Go from there. With, with him, I mean, he's. he's very necessary and very good when he's in the lineup, but just tough to see the season he's gone through. Yeah, and uh, you know I think it's uh, something that I think he knew coming into the season with that uh, injury, and it's just been reoccurring. And at some point, you know, either it gets enough rest in the summer or gets fixed. I don't know what it is, but uh, uh, you know, this would be the probably the summer to do that. So uh, I, you know, he's really important to us, like not just on the ice with his physical presence, but just his voice in the room and on the bench and. Um, just his mannerism, it brings everybody along and, and keeps everybody on their toes. And uh, yeah, he's someone that you know really missed uh, when he's out. A lot of talk this year about Seth Jones mentioned this about not starting fights on clean hits, and the league's looking into that. What did you see on that second goal where Reichel takes the hit and Whistle engages and Canucks go down and score? Yeah, you know, I think it's still four on four. You know, I mean, I think, but sometimes when that happens, people stop playing and they're watching to see what's happening. So a little bit of that, but uh, you know, it's it's a good lesson for Reichel to get the puck in deep. Like he should have had it in deep twice there, and uh, you know, maybe he deserved to get run over there on that one. So. Uh, uh, and it wasn't a charge or anything. Like it's just a big guy that just you know stepped into him with his shoulder, and it was a clean hit for sure. So yeah, no, you, we got to learn to play, and maybe make the right play, and we avoid that. But uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, just a, a mistake. We miss a rim in the second period at the end, and it turns around. It's in the back of our net, and then we don't get it in deep on the third or the second goal or the third goal, I guess, what, third, second one, and uh, that gives them the lead when we should have probably had the lead with Tyler's chances around the front of the net so that's frustrating when it's not going in for us and uh, every little mistake we make because i thought we played hard again um but it's just a little crucial mistakes in the certain areas that uh teams like that they have lots of offense and they can score quickly michael also had a few you know good charges to the net created a lot of chances that's just the natural ups and downs of being 21 or whatever in the nhl yeah absolutely and i think you know and he can get that equation where it's more upside and and less uh, downside uh, that uh, fuels the other team i think that's uh, but that's you know him trying to figure it out at, at this level like uh, you know you can recover uh, at lower levels but at this level you can't it's uh, it's usually going to be uh, a penalty taken or a goal scoring chance or a goal so um you know i think you know he's been very explosive for us and i think he's getting more confidence that in that way he's just got to figure out the certain danger zones that um you know i mean that you can't recover from in this league it's just too quick and strong yeah when he uh went in and kind of tripped over the goalie stick was that just uh, no call. Uh, I, I couldn't really tell. I know, you know, the bench is always yelling for a penalty, like for everything. But uh, I don't know if he actually got tripped there or he just tried to jump over the goalie so he didn't get any interference in case the puck went in the net. Uh, but, you know, he went to the net hard and got the um, the five-on-six goal, which or six-on-five goal for us, and, and that's good signs. He's not afraid to go to those uh, hard areas, and, uh, you know, he's just going to get bigger and stronger and be more dominant when, when he does that. So um, he's doing the right things. It's just there's a couple of things, areas when you, you don't want to, uh, you don't have a play, then don't force a play and just play behind them. And, uh, and I think that's kind of the identity that we're trying to create here for the whole team. And, uh, you know, I mean, even for a guy like that, just 
for him, you know, he's got lots of intelligence. He sees things out there. Uh, he's got to see danger too, and and understand that and put pucks behind the other team. FNC won a few faceoffs tonight. Uh, what do you think of his second game as a center? Yeah, no, he's still been really good and responsible in skating with the puck. And uh, I think defensively, he's he's been tracking hard and uh, he's been in the right positions in the D zone. I haven't seen too many. Um, you know, shifts with that that line uh, with extended D zone time, maybe a little bit, but that's going to be every line, but not a lot. So uh, that's that's good, and I think uh, yeah, if he can gain more con- confidence in winning faceoffs, that's just going to uh, add for puck possession for offensive guys like his line. I'm no hockey expert, but I'll also echo Luke Richardson's sentiments about Andreas Athanasiu. I just also feel like you're seeing a lot more structure with his game offensively. He just seems very engaged. He's not. Uh, I, I don't want to use the word reckless because his speed is a weapon. Um, but again, it's been so difficult for the Hawks and him to really utilize that speed and bottle it up and use it positively. I feel like you're seeing a lot more conscientious decisions from Andreas Athanasiu offensively, and I, I think that can go a long way uh, for helping this Blackhawks offense. A few more texts before we get to another break. And again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Our buddy Ryan, avid listener up in Milwaukee, says solid game tonight. Pretty even competition and tightly contested. This is a good loss. I like having Richardson as the bench boss. Shows hope for the franchise's future. And also from the 708 area code, uh, this guy, this person knows their stuff. Nothing is guaranteed with the lottery, but even finishing last and getting any of the top three players would be huge for this team. Even if Mitchkoff will take a few years to arrive, if we hypothetically drafted him, it would give us a few more years to hoard talent and build up a talent pool that can be comparable to our prospect group in 2007. They're talking about the Russian hockey player, Matvey Mitchkov, who's... Uh, expected to be either the the third or fourth top uh, drafted player in this upcoming draft. Uh, So far, I think he's mainly been speculated to number three. But the holdout of that is there's a chance he wouldn't be able to come over to the AHL, or excuse me, the NHL for a couple of years. So that's a whole other aspect of this. Whoever the Blackhawks end up drafting can play a pretty decent role in terms of this rebuild. We've talked about the hypothetical if Connor Bedard lands here. That is a little bit of an acceleration towards this rebuild. You can't rely on that, though, because nothing is guaranteed. And the other thing is you don't want to rely on something like that. You don't want to put all the pressure of the success of a rebuild on one player that, that doesn't have that great of a track record. And as many people have pointed out, look at the Edmonton Oilers. They have the best player in hockey right now in Connor McDavid, and not many people are picking them for the Stanley Cup final. It does take a lot of talent, a lot of depth mainly. And again, I think the one great thing we're seeing with this Hawks organization right now is the quality of players that Kyle Davidson and his staff have been scoping out, acquiring, and how Luke Richardson has been able to squeeze out the best type of hockey that he can from those certain players. We'll get to more of your texts. We'll get to more of your calls. 312-981-7200. We're also going to hear from Connor Murphy and Seth Jones after the Hawks lose to the Vancouver Canucks tonight, 4-2. This is the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Blackhawks prospect Frank Nazar and the Michigan Wolverines are heading to the Frozen Four after a 2-1 overtime winner over Penn State in the NCAA Men's Ice Hockey Tournament. 
Unfortunately for the Blackhawks tonight, they fall to the Vancouver Canucks 4-2 here from the United Center. Hawks losing their fifth straight. This is the post-game show. We're taking you up to 8.30 tonight. I'm Joe Brand. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can give us a call. You can give us a text. From the 708 area code, it's our buddy Kevin from Beverly. I just want to say kudos to the Blackhawks fans. I just left the United Center, and their support and energy during a season like this is worth noting. These fans are legit. Here, here, Kevin. Uh, we're going to hear from Blackhawks defenseman Connor Murphy. He scored the game's first goal, a shorthanded goal, and on his 30th birthday. Yeah, I felt like we got a couple good chances, um, especially that power play chance. Johnny had a couple whacks at it, and their Delia made uh, two great saves on it. Um, we had a, some other shots. Guys were, had the right mindset of trying to get pucks around the crease and, and get a dirty one. They had a couple hooking penalties on us that we had chances on, too, so uh, just enjoying for us. What the? Uh, obviously, there's a lot of discussion about the, the jerseys, but was it important for you to put something out there from the team? Yeah, I thought, that, I thought it was uh, it was nice to be able to do that and, and show fans that uh, that we support the night and that uh, that it's important uh, that hockey is inclusive and, and especially in this building in our locker room. Like I said, uh, it's it's important hockey's for everyone, and uh, I think it was a great night to celebrate that. What did you think of like some of the, the comments back and forth about not wearing? I didn't hear comments personally, um, but I, uh, I guess I understand uh, um, if there's uh, frustration from people, but for us it's an organizational decision, and, and, and uh, we follow and respect uh, the decision. Were you disappointed that the players were asked? Sorry, asked that what? The players were asked about the jerseys that was just done by the organization? I don't know if I would say I'm disappointed. I, I think there's a lot of things that happen that the organization higher-ups make the decisions, and, and we follow and, uh, and respect the uh, their authority with us, so um, that's like I said, just something you should respect their decision and um, don't think too much more. Why was there no rainbow tape? Was that part of the same decision? Uh, sorry, I can't give an rainbow. answer. Yeah, no, no, I heard you. I, I don't. I can't give an answer because I uh, they don't don't tell us about that. We just uh, sometimes they have it in the locker room here for us, and we use it when it's here, and when it's not, we don't use it. So that's all I know. Again, that's Connor Murphy chatting with the media after this 4-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, yes, tonight was Pride Night at the United Center. The Blackhawks with more than a handful of activities leading up to the game, before the game, during the game. Uh, but they did announce earlier this week that they were not going to be wearing uh, the Pride sweaters, an organizational decision not made by the players, um, but by the organization leading up to it. But again, as, as Connor Murphy and Seth Jones and, and Luke Richardson and many others had talked about before, they don't want that to be the sole conversation of Pride Night. Pride Night uh, about inclusion and incorporating everybody of the LGBTQ community and um, Plenty of activities throughout the entire night here at the United Center. Uh, from the 708 area code as we go to the text line, and again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Why do the Hawks sign two-way contracts for Brett Sini and David Gust when in reality they have no chance to make the team too slow and old, says 708. Uh, next year, what is a two-way contract? Um, well, first off, uh, technically they did make the team. Brett Sini and David Gust cracked the NHL roster this year. And I disagree even with the idea that they don't have a place on this team because I think what they bring is consistent quality play. Like, listen, I understand they're not going to be NHL All-Stars, but they bring that hard-working, hard-nosed effort that Kyle Davidson puts a lot of value in those types of players. And 
it's it's important to have that depth throughout the organization, especially right now in a rebuild, where if you need somebody to fill that time at the AHL, you get that. And then if you need them to do that up at the NHL level, they can provide that too, which they have done. And a two-way contract is allowing you to pull them up from the AHL whenever you want. That's what a two-way contract is. David Gust was not on a two-way contract and just till about a month ago, maybe a month and a half, maybe two months. But even when he signed that two-way contract, there wasn't a guarantee that they were going to pull him up. It just gives them that flexibility and a little bit more of a safety net to use those types of players up at the NHL level if they'd like to. And honestly, Brett Sini and David Gust uh, really weren't behind the curve when they came up to the Blackhawks. I'll definitely say that. Seth Jones chatted with the media. Let's hear from the Blackhawks number four. It's uh, five losses in a row and you guys have been playing some good hockey in, in stretches. Does that become disappointing that you know you keep getting the same result? Yeah, it seems like uh, you know. Besides, I think the two games there on the road, <clears throat> um, we've been in, been pretty competitive in most of the games. Have been close toward, towards the end of the game. Um, I think we're starting to play a certain way and understand the certain way we have to play every night to be successful. And, you know, we're not going to go out and put a bunch of goals in the net, so we got to play a tight, systematic game, and I think that's uh, what we're doing. We're taking care of the puck in the neutral zone pretty well, um, and trying to go from there. Do you see, like, a Lucas Reichel creating chances like he has been? Does that give you solace? Is that, like, hope for the future for you? For sure. He's going to be a, a massive piece uh, of this team in the future. Um, you, you see glimpses, uh, just like tonight, of the speed he can create and, and the offense he creates with the puck. Um, he puts, you know, he's got the kind of speed that can put fear in defenders, and um, you know, when he's flying when his legs are going, um, he just blows by guys and he takes it to the net, and uh, it gives us energy as well. Well, what can you guys do to stay mentally engaged these nine, these last nine games, even though there really is nothing to play for in the standings? Well, I think as a team, we got to set goals for ourselves, and, and we've talked about that. And um, each individual, we all have something to play for in here. You know, we're all trying to get better as individuals and, and as a team moving forward. And, and build something. You know, it's, we're not going to get better out of thin air. Um, just come back next year and hope for the best. So uh, it starts now. It starts with uh, the way we play the game every night and the way we approach it. And, um, I think we're all on board with that, and the coaches are on board with that as well. So we're going to be competitive, um, not only for ourselves and our team uh, and pride, but for the fans as well who come and support us every night. Uh, on that, that goal where they went up 2-1, um, where Reichel got hit, do you think guys yeah. kind of reacted and you guys lost like a little discipline there? Mm-hmm. Is that like a lesson like some of the younger guys got to learn? Yeah, that's, that's the thing that's been happening in the league, I think, a lot this year that they're trying to take out is, uh, you know, when there's a clean hit, um, a guy doesn't have to fight just because he hits clean. And so I think you want to send up your teammates. It's natural instinct, especially a guy like Reichs, um, one of our best players. So, um it's natural to, to want to stand up for him, um, so you can't fault the guy for that. Um, it's just unfortunate it ends up in the back of the net. You know, most of the time it doesn't. It's just this time it did. How tough was that for you guys to play with a man down most of the game on the back end, losing a guy like Tamori? Yeah, he, he brings energy, um, physicality for us. And, uh, you know, when you go 5D, you have to control your shift links and um, – <clears throat> try to decide when you're going to jump on the play and be aggressive uh, certain times. So you can't do it normally like like when you roll six. Um, but I thought we did a decent job. We had a couple penalty kills we had to kill off um, with 5D or 4D, and so we did that as well. I'm sure you've heard a lot of the talk about the, the pride jerseys. Uh, did you have a feeling one way or 
the other about the Black Hawk's decision to not have you guys wear them? Um, it was an organizational organizational decision, um, and we stand by the organization. I thought, you know, we the main thing was we didn't want to let the jersey take away from the night itself. And so we saw a lot of great things we did tonight. Uh, we had a video from some of the guys as well supporting the night. Um, so, yeah. A couple things that Seth Jones referenced there. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time in the postgame show to get to it, but we do have Blackhawks live tomorrow night, which we will get into. Uh, Mackenzie Entwistle standing up for Lucas Reichel, which did lead to a goal for Vancouver. Losing Jared Tenorti, that was huge for this Blackhawks team, and uh, a few other things as well. One last break, and we'll take a look around the NHL when we come back. Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Tonight's three-star selection is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider with your collision repair needs. Visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The number three-star, Philip D. Giuseppe. Andre Kuzmenko is the number two star. Elias Pedersen, he had two goals tonight, is the number one star. Our player with the most heart, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations, is Tyler Johnson. Hawks fall to Vancouver 4-2 to two tonight. Let's get a look around the league. We start in Nashville. Played off the boards into the near wall for Dustin Hall. He gets it out on the left wing. Kerfoot in scores! Don't look now, but Mr. Kerfoot is heating up. 2-0 Toronto. That's Joe Bone of Maple Leafs Radio, Sportsnet 590, the fan. 3-2 winner for the Maple Leafs over the Predators, who have now lost five out of their last seven. Let's go down to the desert. Big Val, the choo-choo train, gains steam through center ice. Michushkin slithers his way into the zone. Michushkin tucks it in. He scores! It's the choo-choo train pulling into the station. A move that would make Peter Forsberg proud. Val has two goals, one on the power play and one to decide the game for Colorado. That is the one and only Connor McGahee of Avs Radio, Altitude Sports Radio, 92.5 FM and 950 AM. Colorado, a 4-3 shootout victory over Arizona. That ends the Coyotes' six-game home, uh, six-home game winning streak at the Mullet Arena. Colorado, meanwhile, has won nine out of their last 11 games. Also earlier today, Boston, a 4-3 shootout victory over the Carolina Hurricanes. That's seven straight wins for the Bruins. And later on tonight, the L.A. Kings host the St. Louis Blues. Once again, the Blackhawks tonight fall to the Vancouver Canucks 4-2. to With the loss, the Hawks fall to 24-43-6. and Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd. ComEd powering business, powering lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help we got back at the WGN studios. Alan Poppy, our producer, along with our engineers, Brett Jackson and Krista Flores. Here at, at the United Center, Jack Heinrich was our reporter. Paul Zerang, the Hall of Fame engineer, John and Troy had the call as the Hawks fall to Vancouver 4-2. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. We'll talk to you tomorrow night for Blackhawks Live. We begin at 7 o'clock right here on 720 WGN. Steve Ruxton has the news next. After that, it's WGN Radio Theater. Have a good night.